Hello, this is Patty Davis. I'm a psychic, medium, and intuitive, and I'm coming to you from Humboldt County, which is in Northern California, where the redwood trees meet the ocean. Aloha, my name is Jude Lynch, and I am a psychic, intuitive energy healer, hailing from the island of Kauai, the garden island of the Hawaiian island chains. Welcome to Spirit Speakers Podcast, where we meet to discuss a variety of topics from two different psychic vantage points. Hello and welcome. In this episode, we are going to be talking about the darker side of spirituality. But before we dive in, Jude and I have some exciting things to share. We are going to be offering some classes soon and some courses. This is Patty. I'm going to be offering a heart math class, a mentorship group, and then Jude and I are going to be offering a class together. It's the first time we've done this. It is going to be a chakra course that weaves in a little bit of psychic awareness along with it, which is going to be super exciting. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that. And I am also formulating a mentorship program and I'm just working out the details now. So I will be announcing that before too long. If you want to know about all of these wonderful things that Patty and I are putting together, the best way to stay informed is to sign up for our newsletter. And you can do that through our individual websites. Mine is alignandshinekawaii.com and Patty's is wingandether.com. And you may also do it through spiritspeakerspodcast.com. So anywhere between those three newsletters, you will get the information and the dates and the signups and all of that for these classes. You can also follow our Instagram account, which is at Spirit Speakers Podcast. And we're always going to be announcing stuff there. So if you don't want to miss out, those are all the places you can put your name in and stay informed. Great. All right. So let's go ahead and dive right into the darker side of spirituality. Well, we are recording this during COVID, and this is a very interesting time. During this time, we are in this big shift, and people are rapidly awakening and really tapping into spirituality. We are in a time out where we are able to really look at what is important and take some time to really go within. It's a time of self-exploration, self-understanding, and self-realization. It is also a time when a lot of us are in a pretty vulnerable state and we can easily be taken advantage of or led down a dark path and manipulated. And this is why we are taking time to talk to you about some of the darker sides of spirituality. You know, spirituality is coming much more mainstream outside of organized religion and online. There are gurus and teachers and classes, psychics, astrologers, There are many places to buy stones and crystals. There's a lot of talk about microdosing right now, the law of attraction. There's so much information out there that we are here to try to help you find the right path, find what works for you, what's legitimate, and know where to start. Yes. uh, Patty and I felt like this was a topic that really needed to be discussed because I think a lot of people who are stepping into a spiritual path are kind of naively unaware that just because you speak spiritual lingo or dress a certain way does not mean that you're innately good and that you have good intentions. And there are people out there who claim to be, you know, spiritual guides who actually believe that they have good intentions and that they are leading people down a better path, but they truly are not. So 
we're just going to offer some insight and a look into that side of everything so you can have some awareness as you encounter people and know how to feel out whether or not this person or this path or that event or whatever it may be is in alignment with what is elevating your spirit and raising your vibration rather than taking it down or disempowering you. One of the things that kind of inspired this is I live on the island of Kauai and of all the Hawaiian islands in the recent months, we've had two different cults try to move to Big Island and one of them was Kauai. Witnessing the reaction of people to these cults and kind of diving into what it was exactly that these people were following was very alarming to me. And it was more alarming, not so much that the people who had these delusional ideas, it was alarming that people would buy into what they were doing and follow it. And the one thing that was very clear to me in those particular cults was how willing their followers surrendered their personal power to these people. There are a number of things that I'd like to discuss. I'm sure Patty has some of her own experiences that she would like to add into this. And I hope that this is going to really help enlighten some people and have more awareness. And don't just buy into every single thing that you see or buy into what any person who claims they have psychic gifts say. Patty and I are just assistants. We don't have all the answers and we're not going to tell you what to do, but we feel like we can assist people in finding their own personal power and allowing people in their own individual way to navigate their life in the best way possible. And that's what we're trying to do is help you find your own inner strength so you can have a better quality of life. When it comes to things like cults, at least in the ones that have been brought into my awareness recently, I think the most disappointing thing I see with that is a lot of cults tend to have some sort of messiah or leader that has a sort of God complex that they put themselves above everybody else in the group. And through some sort of psychological manipulation, get their followers to surrender their personal power to the leader. I don't care what spiritual path people are on. If you ever encounter somebody that ever wants to make you feel like you are less than them, I would have major red flags. Patty and I believe that we can help people come to more elevated place in their life. But at the end of the day, both her and I know that this is a two-way relationship. We're here to assist you in getting to a better place, but we're not here to carry you or fix your problems. We're here to give you some guidance and some tools for you to get there yourself. Patty, do you have any comments or opinions about cults? I have a lot of comments and opinions about cults. First of all, I would just like to say that Jude and I are offering you information and you need to take what feels good for you and discard what doesn't resonate with you. This is an art, not a science. And it's important to keep that in mind. So I wanted to start off by reading you the definition of what a cult is, because some people have some confusion on what the exact definition of a cult is. So according to the dictionary, a cult is a relatively small group of people having religious beliefs or practices regarded by others as strange or sinister, or a misplaced or excessive admiration for a particular person or thing. And like Jude was saying, I think that 
this is the biggie here. We're talking about a charismatic leader. Instead of trusting the teachings, we are trusting the leader. When you have a leader that tells you to trust him or her and to trust in what they are saying, even if you morally or intuitively disagree, like Jude said, that's a huge red flag. And there's a saying that a teacher points out the way and a guru is the way. Now, this kind of makes me cringe, to be honest with you. I know a lot of people that have gurus or teachers that they work with and love and have a wonderful relationship with. However, this is the place where we all have to be careful. You know, even the Buddha said, believe nothing, no matter who has said it, not even if I have said it, unless it agrees with your own reason and your own common sense. And that's something that we all need to really pay attention to. A good teacher or a good guru is somebody that in your heart you're drawn to, that you feel in alignment with, and that you feel in alignment with what they're teaching that you intuitively, emotionally, and spiritually feel that that is right and that you are learning and gaining growth from them. Now that can even change over time. I've had teachers that I really was connected with that over time, you know, things seemed to slide a little bit or I started thinking, well, you know, I, I feel like I've lost that connection. So it's important that we focus on the teaching and not the teacher. And I think that that's a big part of what we find in cults. And as humans, we find comfort in being told what to do. We like looking up to somebody, thinking that there's somebody that knows a little bit more than us. Your spiritual leader, your teacher, your lawyer, your doctor, these are people that we go to for comfort and for answers. You know, in my mom's generation, you know, you believed in everything your doctor said. You didn't question anything. Their word was written in stone. But with anyone that you are seeking information from, again, it's really important that you go with what feels positive to you, what seems in alignment and not be pulled into something that you're being manipulated or pulled into for the wrong reasons. I sat down for a few minutes and I wrote down my personal opinions of what makes a good teacher. And I have 11 or 12 of them, 11. And I thought I would read each one off and then we could share our experiences with that. So the first one is a good teacher is someone that offers you information and opinions, but invites you and urges you to make your own decisions. Yes. It's like the way I live by with this work. And I oftentimes get clients who want me to just make the decision for them and tell them what path they need to take. And I'm very clear about, I can maybe read some energy around particular paths, but ultimately you're the one that has to choose. This is your life and your choice. And maybe something I say makes that abundantly clear what way you want to go. But at the end of the day, that's always going to be your choice. I have called Jude though and said, Jude, just tell me what to do. <laughs> she doesn't like it, but. <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's hard enough making my own choices in life. So to carry the weight of that responsibility for somebody else is something that doesn't feel good to me. And I think that if there's anybody out there who does do that and tells you and makes choices, you're surrendering your free will, your freedom of choice, which is one of the you know, amazing gifts of, of living of being able to say yes or no, left or right, up or down. So if somebody's making choices for you and they feel very comfortable in that position, that makes me feel a little uneasy. 
on occasion, I imagine there are people who just beg for that information. Could you please just tell me? And, you know, maybe on occasion that answer will be given. But if there's anybody out there claiming that they know the best choice for everybody at any point in time, I would definitely heed caution. You know, we both let people know that we are seeing things the way we see it and we're filtering it through our own personal filters. And it's important that no matter what we tell you, we see or what anybody tells you that they're getting, that you make your own choices, that you intuitively make your own choices. You know yourself better than anyone else. And so nothing is written in stone here. No one should tell you who you are, what you think, what you should be doing. If you're going and seeking help, they may tell you what they see, but it's important that you hold on to your own personal beliefs. And then there's something to be said about what Patty said about whether that resonates with you or not. And how do we know if something resonates with us? Maybe it's a buzzy feeling, an excitement, a cold chill, like, like a breath of fresh air. There's things that you will notice about just your experience in that moment that might thrill you in a way. And that might be your entire spirit just letting you know that you are in alignment with whatever you're hearing. And when it doesn't, you might feel cringy or tired, or you feel like you want to walk away or shut your ears off or turn off the speaker. And I'm not claiming that every single thing that I'm going to say is going to resonate with you, nor is Patty. In fact, Patty and I have shared clients and we definitely talk about the times that we both have very similar downloads about shared clients. But Patty also has a different lens than me and she sees through a different frequency. So our advice to the same client might not always be the same. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's for you to choose what works with you and what doesn't. We don't claim to be perfect in our process. So pay attention to what you're feeling in the moment and that'll tell you whether or not something is resonating with you or not. I agree, Jude. When I have psychic readings, other than when I have readings with Jude, because she's always spot on, I usually walk away and think, well, this you know, particular thing made a lot of sense to me. This other thing I didn't really feel. You shouldn't go into a reading or working with a teacher expecting everything to be in perfect alignment with what you feel, but you should use your own discernment and make your own decisions. And it might be one of those things where you need more information or you want to learn more about something. And then as you get a little deeper into it, you decide that it's not in alignment with who you are, your belief system, and you move from there. I know when I've had readings with Patty in the past, there's been a couple times where I was like, yeah, I don't, I don't know what she's talking about there. And I don't necessarily throw it away. I kind of put it on the shelf, as I like to say. And then of course, like a week or two later, something will happen and I'll call Patty and be like, you'll never believe this, like this and this and this. And she'll be like, I told you that two weeks ago in your reading. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> but not always, not always. But it happens. So, you know, if you're uncertain, sometimes it's better to put something on a shelf. All we're saying is just if there's any question about anything, just don't eat it all up and take it all in as though it is the absolute truth for you. And what is true for one person may not be the truth for another. We're all individual beings co-creating our own individual realities. And we're all into different things, just like we're all into different music and different styles and all kinds of things. So don't be afraid to be unique and individual, even in your spirituality. Good point. Okay, the next one. A good teacher does not ask you to sacrifice who you are, your morals, or to conform 
conform to their particular ideals. So this kind of feeds into what we were already talking about, freedom of choice, freedom of opinion, and the whole sacrifice thing, though, that is often something that occurs in a cult. Sometimes you're asked to sacrifice a lot of money, your personal belongings, your connection with your peer group, your family, your loved ones. A good teacher should not ask you to sacrifice anything. Do you agree with that, Jude? Yes. I <laughs> have had clients tell me things that bothered me about other healers that they've worked with. For example, I collect crystal skulls. I love them. I have 30 to 50 of them. And, and a lot of people gift them to me. And I had a client who told me somebody she worked with said crystal skulls were evil and that she needed to get rid of them, bury them, burn them. I don't know that they were this force of negative energy that she needed to be rid of immediately. Well, lucky for me, that person decided to just give them to me. <laughs> so I, I love them. But I was like, really? She told you that? Like, how can she be so sure that that is like a portal to an evil space when skulls have been depicted in ancient arts and religions all over the world forever? So I just was like kind of blown away by that. And then in terms of one of the cults that tried to move to the islands, one of the weird things that they required of their followers was that they had to stay up till at least midnight and had to be woken up at 5 a.m. So you were only allotted at a max of five hours of sleep per night. I mean, where do people come up with stuff like that? I, if you're not living your life to your fullest and having free will in every moment, then what's the point? As long as you're doing good and being good and treating other people with respect and kindness, especially yourself. I don't think any teacher should tell you that you need to conform in such an extreme way to their particular lifestyle. All right. And moving on to the next one. A good or legitimate teacher never uses fear or intimidation. There's this well-known scam that I'm sure a lot of you have heard of where a psychic will work with someone and tell them, oh, you have a curse attached to you. These things that are happening to you, these negative things are because of this curse. The only way to get rid of this curse is to pay me all of this money and I will work on it from home. And if you don't pay me, then some horrible fate is going to happen to you. So this person gives uh, the money to the psychic. The psychic calls them a week later and says, oh my gosh, this curse is really strong. It's really horrible. I'm going to need more money because it's going to take more of my energy to work on it. And if you don't pay me, then something terrible is not only going to happen to you, but also I see something very terrible happening to your children also. So this is the type of thing where they're using fear or intimidation and playing on your insecurities or your vulnerabilities to get an upper hand to manipulate and control you. And in, in this specific case is to take all of your money. Now, sometimes people need to address dark things in psychic readings. Sometimes dark things show up and that's just the way it is. You know, especially when we're looking at past lives, sometimes if we have a phobia in this life, we may need to see how we died in a past life, which could be very difficult, but will help free us from what it is we're feeling in this life. But that is not the same as using fear or intimidation to try to control somebody. Now, I had a reading when I was, oh, maybe 16 or 17 years old. 
And I was told that I was going to die very young, that if I was lucky, I would be a mother, but I would never, ever, ever make it to the ripe age to be a grandmother. And you can imagine how much this screwed with my sense of well-being. My entire life, I was expecting to die young. I was just waiting for something horrible to happen and to check out. When I had my first child, I thought I was so lucky that I actually got to have a child. I could easily be a grandmother at my age, so now I can finally rest and not look at that. But this is the type of thing that this doesn't help anyone. This kind of information is not going to help you to have a good life. It's not going to help you make decisions that are going to be positive for you. It's just cruelty is how I see it. So fear and intimidation. Jude, what do you have to say about that? Yeah, I agree. And this bothers me a lot. I actually have a number of clients who've told me crazy things like, yeah, there was darkness on them and they had to buy a $2,000 crystal in order to protect their home. You know, if it wasn't paying them for their service. It was buying something that was absurdly expensive and guaranteeing that this purchase was going to rid them of all darkness and demons. And I've definitely heard of healers telling people, these are all the things that are wrong with you, but if you want me to fix it, it's going to cost more money. Now, my particular style of reading is that I will pick up dark things. And sometimes I have the unfortunate and uncomfortable situation where I have to articulate to somebody that there's something a little bit intense around them. And I never like doing it. In fact, if I could go the rest of my life and never have to tell somebody something like that again, I would be all the better. But the truth is I have to be authentic to what I'm seeing for people because I'm here to help. And if there is some kind of questionable or tricky energy around somebody, we need to address it. And so we can move it off of them and get it out of their energy field. And sometimes that takes more than one try, you know, but ultimately if I'm ever going to tell anybody anything like that, I am going to also empower them in that exact moment and make them feel like they have the upper hand to be rid of it. Sometimes just having awareness that darkness or shadow exists or negativity is surrounding you in whatever form is enough to move it away. I would never, ever, ever require an extra payment from anybody. In fact, I'm very generous with my time. When I have clients, I tend to sit with people until it's complete and we feel good and we feel higher than we did than when a session started. So I can't deny that there are dark things and stuff like that can come up. But if anyone ever uses that as leverage to siphon more money off of you, then red flags. Yep. Okay. A good psychic or a good teacher doesn't hound you or over market you or try to convince you that you need them. They are there to serve you, to assist you, to help you, not to convince you that you need them or need more from them, which kind of plays in a little bit to what we talked about before. Do you have anything else to add on that, Jude? Yeah, that is definitely a thing. Patty, you're making a very good list here. Um, Thank you. Yeah, I don't like to sell myself. Actually, I think it's such a common thing that I think clients with me are surprised I'm not trying to sell them like a 10 reading package after we have a reading like, okay, so now that we've done this, now uh, how about we meet once a month for the next six months and we'll work through all the things. 
that to me is more of like a mentorship program or a series of classes that if you want to fine but i would never try to sell more time or make you feel like you need me in fact the saying is give a man a fish they eat for a day teach a man to fish they eat for a lifetime in every session that i do i'm trying to give you tools all along the way so you actually have to call me less and less if you never have to call me again because you became so empowered in yourself, that would be a very you know, successful outcome for me with a client. Not to say that I never want any of you to reach out to me when you need help, but I want you to be strong and I want you to feel like you got it and you can handle it. Exactly. Jude and I both have had clients that have wanted to see us really regularly, like weekly. And we don't do that because we don't want to become someone's crutch. You know, we don't want to just take someone's money and become their crutch. We want to give them information and give them a chance to work on that themselves and discover that about themselves and see if that even makes sense to them. We even shy away from seeing somebody too often. Yeah. And I've also noticed on my end that that information gets diluted. You know, it's like, even if I work with people and I, I have a handful of people I work with on a monthly basis and that's almost too close for me. It's just, I notice that it doesn't have the same impact. Yeah. Yeah. It loses the spark if you see them too, too regularly. I know there's so many times when I'll do a reading for somebody and it'll go really well. And then they want to come in two weeks and it's just kind of like, eh, you know, it's just okay. Yeah. (laughs) Because we we need some time to kind of process (laughs) and, and learn from those things, but Okay. So the other thing, and again, we've tapped on this a little bit, is a good teacher does not ask for unrealistic monetary exchange, ask for personal sacrifice, sexual favors, or any type of personal favor. You should not be cleaning your teacher's house. You should not be taking them lunch. You should not be running their errands. You should not be paying them way more than you feel they are worth. And sexual favors is a huge thing. And sexual favors, as we all know, and we've all read about, can oftentimes fall into the cult situation. You know, it just seems like this should go without saying, but I know so many people fall into this. Sexual favors should have nothing to do with learning from a spiritual advisor. Yeah, this one really grinds my wheels, y'all. I just have to say, because I have heard probably more in the realms of sexual predators in this spiritual circles than probably any other kind. Uh, A few of the things that I've heard, well, the first one where it starts is I think a lot of the younger generation is really into polyamory and being open sexually and having multiple partners. And there's a lot of pressure put on young people who might not be fully ready to explore that. And then somebody who's older and they seem more spiritually elevated, more experienced, kind of put pressure on some of the younger people like, oh, well, you're you're adopting to an old paradigm. You're not spiritually elevated because you're stuck in the conditioning of uh, monogamy and, you know, putting this pressure on these younger folk and getting them wrapped up into these polyamorous relationships that can create a lot of drama and a lot of stress and jealousy and possession, all of these things. Not to say that that doesn't happen if you are in alignment with polyamory. Awesome. Amazing. But recognize when somebody's trying to push you or make you feel inferior are not awoken enough if you're not free loving everybody. So 
don't allow yourself to be pressured. I have clients that have been pressured into that and created so much problems for them, yet they couldn't see that perhaps that that path does not necessarily mean it's more spiritually elevated, that if we're sleeping with everybody, we're, we're more open and more freed up. Another thing that I see is people who walk the walk, talk the talk, they have the spiritual garb, they're talking all the things that Patty and I talk about, you know, maybe talking about chakras and meditation and aligning with your higher self. And they speak those things and it sounds really great. And then they give you the whole like, well, I'm a sexual healer. And by allowing me to make love to you, I can fix your wounds. I can heal your sexual traumas and wounds. You would not believe how often this happens with, I hate to say it, I, I don't want to stereotype, but sometimes it's like that good looking guy, you know, they're very attractive. They're doing all the yoga poses and meditating. And then they want to give you some kind of special massage. And the next thing you know, they've pushed it into the space of seducing you into having this sexual healing experience with them. And I've heard it more than a few times. So I want you all to watch out for that. And another way that this happens is there have been multiple stories I've heard from people and I've even actually had a little bit of an experience with this. With people who have strong psychic and telepathic abilities who play kind of sexual psychic sex games with you. This can kind of happen sometimes with people who claim to be shamans. And it's a very small pocket, but just wanting to bring awareness that they have intuitive and psychic abilities and they're playing in the ethers and they're playing with these sexual energies and kind of enveloping you with these kind of electric feelings of arousal to kind of get you to play in the sexual way in the ethers. And I've had multiple conversations with very elevated spiritual and psychic women who have been in these circles and men actually who have been in these circles or ceremonies with quote unquote shamans who were playing with these sexual energies with them it's psychic rape is what it is and it's not okay and just as it would be for somebody who is a sexual predator to you in the physical, sensuality can feel arousing, it can feel good, but that does not mean that it's okay and it's not okay for somebody to approach you with that kind of energy physically or energetic without your permission. They can't just bombard you with that. So just because people have telepathic and psychic abilities doesn't mean that their intention's always in the right place. Exactly. And, you know, another example is that charismatic leader, guru, teacher that says, you know, if you sleep with me, you will be able to be closer to God, closer to goddess. You will be able to evolve because I will be sharing my connection with you through a sexual connection, which will help you advance spiritually. And I call total bullshit on that. That's not the way it works. And, you know, when we make love to somebody, it can be a spiritual connection. We can connect with them on a deep level. We do not pass on spiritual awakenings or a spiritual level of advancement <laughs> through, through sex. And then, you know, something that, um, a situation that happened with someone, this isn't sexually based, but it's kind of on the same order, was a young woman that was under 21 that I was working with, and she had an older man that was really teaching her a lot about spirituality and opening her up and sharing things with her. And before she knew it, he had talked her into doing 
a hallucinogen with her on the grounds that it would help her expand spiritually. So this was a woman of, I believe at the time she might've been 19 and a man in his forties. And he was claiming that by doing this with him, she would advance spiritually. Now, we will probably do an entire segment on hallucinogens and ceremonial medicine and how amazing it can be. And a lot of people really advance spiritually through using that. However, it should never be something that you are supposed to do in order to advance spiritually. Again, whenever something comes up that you are coursed into something, that's when that big red flag goes off. All right. The next one. A good teacher does not abuse you emotionally, physically, sexually, or energetically. You should feel better, and you should feel expansive, and you should feel good about yourself. You know, one of the cults that was moving into Hawaii, I saw a little, just a few minutes was all I could watch, snippet of the leader. And the leader was cussing and yelling and screaming and belittling her followers, It just made me cringe. And there's a whole headspace and manipulation and brainwashing that comes along with putting someone down, not letting them have enough to eat, not letting them have enough time to sleep, wearing them down emotionally and physically and energetically so that you can manipulate them and control them. So again, oftentimes people are abused by their spiritual leaders. And if at any time you feel abused in any way, run for the hills. I am just astounded, especially with what Patty was saying, that somebody could be a spiritual leader and use every curse word and name call in the book towards somebody and that they aren't questioning if this person is really as spiritually elevated as they claim to be. Yeah, that kind of goes in with one I have a little further down the line that spiritual leaders do not overinflate themselves or see themselves as more valuable than you. And that's kind of goes right in with what you said, Jude. We, we all are valuable beings. We all can learn from one another. And, you know, it just can cross the line so easily. My feeling is, is that some of these cult leaders or spiritual leaders have an awakening to their inner God, goddess energy. And the thing is, is all of us have the ability to awaken to our inner God, goddess energy. And when that happens to you, it can go right to your head. It can feed your ego. And there are people who aren't spiritually elevated enough not to run with it. You know, it can feel really good to suddenly realize, hey, I'm special. Hey, I'm a divine being. Hey, I'm connected to source. I am one with source. We all are. We all have that ability to connect in that way. You know, there are people who might be more versed in spiritual practices and they can be great guides and teachers and mentors. But there's a clear difference between, you know, somebody who's like a professor of spirituality rather than the Messiah. Yes. And the other thing is a good teacher does not criticize or judge you on your progress. Now I had a teacher in the past where I made a spiritual breakthrough. Actually it was automatic writing. It was the first time I did an automatic writing and I was so excited and I came to class and I, I shared it with her and I was just so thrilled. And rather than praising me or being exciting for me, I think what she said was, well, don't think you're going to go write a book now. And that's kind of when I'm like, I need to pay a little more attention to if this is working for me or not. A lot of times spiritual teachers want to stay in a position of authority and they will criticize and judge you to keep you 
in your place to remind you that they are above you, that they are here as an authoritative figure, and they will not urge you to move forward or celebrate your breakthroughs. And when something like that happens, if you are criticized or judged or put down, that's a huge red flag because that is an opposite of what a teacher should be offering to you. I work with a lot of people and there are some people who advance very quickly and that can feel really good on my part that I feel like I've helped assist them to making giant leaps and their alignment and their clarity. And then I have other clients that I work with that it's like this very incremental little baby step. And we can't expect everybody to advance at the same pace and everybody's different and they're all dealing with different experiences in their personal life. And there's something to be said with somebody who is a teacher that is going to have patience in that process. Having said that, there is on occasion sometimes where a teacher might have to lay down a hard truth for somebody, but hopefully they do it without name calling or belittling or making you feel like you're not good enough. It's more or less having to just be really clear about something that you're not getting or you're not understanding. There is a difference. And so I just wanted to say that so you are able to discern when it is that a teacher is giving you information that might be difficult to hear and when they are just straight up attacking you or belittling you or keeping you in your place. And even the Buddha, as the story goes, had many gurus and he surpassed all of them to get to his enlightenment. So that's part of the process. If you know, you could be totally in alignment and learning so much from a teacher and then come to a point where you realize you've learned all you can from that person. And perhaps maybe it's time to look elsewhere. I fully agree. All right. Here's a good one. Good teachers do not use conspiracy theories to manipulate you and your beliefs. There are so many spiritual leaders on video and videos and YouTubes that are sent to me and they use all the right wording and all of the posturing and all of the, the spiritual awakening lingo. And then they sneak in their little hidden agenda or they start to weave in this conspiracy theory. You know, we can be so easily manipulated with conspiracy theories. A lot of times conspiracies theories start to weaken people or set them in a certain place so that a second agenda can be shifted in there. So right now, you know, with the political atmosphere and what's going on, there are so many of them out there. And if you have a teacher or leader that is using conspiracy theories, that's something that you really need to be aware of. Right. I find that to be kind of funny, actually, how... You know, and I've actually watched a video recently where I was really kind of vibing into what they were saying. I was like, yeah, I feel the same way. I was like, I like what I'm hearing. And then they kind of wove in some like political angles about how certain leaders are, I don't know, getting put on a pedestal. And I like to try to keep my political space neutral because just like I like to keep my spiritual space neutral to encompass all walks of life and everybody's opinions. And I see good and bad in all things. And I'm not going to be so close minded as to be like, this is the only way and there's no other way. But um, 
Yeah, that is strange to me that people do that. And with the conspiracy theories, like I've gone down all the rabbit holes. Like people come at me in the same way, Patty. Like they send me videos about this or somebody said this about that or check out this. And I have gone into those places more or less just to educate myself and see what people are saying. But I can't swallow that pill anywhere. Like I, I can't just buy into it. I'm kind of glad I have the information just so when people talk to me about it, I kind of have an idea what they're talking about. But conspiracy theories are tricky. It's like one of those unknown things and speculation. It's like gossip. It's like, it's got a weird energy to it. Yeah. And that's the place where you need to really trust your gut Trust all your senses, go with how you're feeling and don't listen to the words, listen to your reaction to it. And that will give you a a good idea. I've definitely gone down some conspiracy theory holes, especially since COVID and found myself after like an hour of consumption, feeling really uneasy and really unhappy and kind of getting into this fear state about what's really going on. And I'd have to like set it aside, turn it off and then go right into a meditation and recheck in with my higher self of like, what feels legitimate to me? Because I started getting lost and confused about where I really stand. And every single time I found that I was not in a hundred percent alignment with what I was hearing. My intuitive sense says there might be truths to all of it, but we cannot adopt all of it as absolute truth. I think it's okay to like explore it and have some awareness about it, but to make decisions based on these like unknowns and for spiritual teachers to guide you under the premise that these conspiracy theories are absolutely true is also strange to me. Yeah. All right. And the final one is a good teacher empowers you, encourages you, and wants you to succeed. That's the big one there. If you feel like this person is really on your side, is really rooting for you, really has your back, even if it's something that's difficult to hear, they're doing it out of love and a way to assist you, then that's a good teacher. My last mentorship program, we had six of us and everyone in the mentorship class stated what their goal was and what they were hoping to achieve. And every single one had their breakthrough. And I was just on cloud nine forever. I was, you know, kept reminding my husband and I was jumping around and, and running around the house and I just felt so good. And it wasn't that I even assisted them to get there. I was just holding space, but the fact that they made it and that, you know, we worked together and they achieved what they wanted was just that would make me feel so good. I had a really hard time calling myself a healer for a very long time. It just had too much ego attached to it for me. What a healer really strives for is for that person to be healed or to make that breakthrough or achieve that goal or feel better. And that's what a a good teacher is going to do for you. They're going to assist you and celebrate your breakthroughs and be so happy and proud of you when you're able to get to your goal or reach that new level that you're striving for. I just think that's really important, the attitude. Right. We want to make people feel good. And, you know, sometimes in the process of getting people into a better place, we have to point out the things that are out of balance. And maybe that doesn't feel so good in the moment. I know just from my experiences with Patty and her readings and the way that I read for people is, if I'm pointing out something that's out of balance, we're coming right back at it with tools and suggestions of things that you can do to move through those things very quickly and shift out of it. We're trying to empower you. 
you know, hopefully by the end of any session with a teacher or a guide, a spiritual guide of any kind, you're going to feel a lot lighter and more empowered to take on your own stuff. A lot of people ask how they can expand their own psychic abilities. And one of the things that I tell people, it's about doing the inner work. If we find more clarity and alignment within our spirit bodies, energy is able to flow more. Your aura is going to expand and your intuition is going to become heightened. And that's kind of the way I like to work. There are some other methods and things that you can do to expand your psychic abilities and intuition. Having said that, there are people out there who are very unbalanced and dark and have bad intentions that are very psychic. They can read people's minds. They're literally energy vampires, people who know that they can siphon the energy off of you and take it away. Uh, there are people who do hexes and black magic, you know, and doesn't mean they're not spiritually connected and have abilities. It's just a matter of them not having, they don't have like moral standards when utilizing their gifts. And if you don't know that, I remember in the beginning, in my earlier years of being awoken, that I realized at some point that there were people out there who were using these gifts in a very negative way. In fact, I will admit that I accidentally used my gifts in ways that I shouldn't. I learned you know, and it was just me being naive and not realizing that there are boundaries energetically. And when you are very psychic and open, it's not appropriate to pry into people's energy without their permission. You know, and out of my own curiosity, I might have done that once or twice when I was in my youth, but I realized very quickly that that's not okay. And that incurs karma. And then that's going to somehow come back on me. So not all psychics, not all intuitive beings or people with those kind of powers are using it for good. So it's important to set boundaries and protect yourself and have awareness. So if you are looking for a mentor or a guru or a teacher, that's a wonderful thing to manifest. And you use your manifestation skills like we've talked about in the manifestation episode where you just visualize the perfect mentor, the perfect teacher for you, what it is you're looking for, how they're going to help you, you know, put your boundaries in place right then while you're manifesting. And if you have the option to meet them ahead of time, like for instance, if there's a psychic that's giving a workshop or a course, I will usually go get a reading with that psychic first, because that allows me to see if I am alignment with them, if they mesh, their voice annoys me, you know, whatever it is, you know, it gives you a chance to judge if they're going to be the right person to work with ahead of time. So having a psychic, a guru, a teacher, a guide, a mentor can be super helpful. We all need assistance. We can all learn from one another, but you should be very particular about who you choose to work with. Also, somebody who would be great to work with for me might not be great for Patty and vice versa. So we're all different as well. Just because somebody's not getting a lot out of it doesn't mean somebody else won't gain a whole bunch from it. So I like that advice, Patty. Just feel into it. See if it's in alignment for you and what your particular needs are at that point in time. So now that we've talked about what to expect from a good teacher, we'd also like to address the proper way to work with your teacher. Patty and I have spoken of this. I know she has a lot of the same experiences. Her and I work with a lot of people. And we work with people all over the world. And that's a lot of energy that we're taking on. 
for me, it's like I've set aside a pretty generous chunk of my personal life in order to make space to help people. And in order for me to do that, I have to maintain my wellness so that I can be available to you. I can come at you with a higher vibration. I need to ground out. I need to sync up to your energy and kind of channel in stuff for your highest good. And then when I close that door, there's a lot of work that has to happen in decompressing from that space as well. So a lot of the energy before, during, and after goes into having that open spiritual conversation with people. I get hit up a lot by people <laughs> um, that are having like a life crisis. And when you're in that low spot and you're having that crisis moment and you just want to feel good right now and you think of me or Patty or some other mentor or teacher that you have that usually makes you feel good in the sessions, it's kind of a instinctual habit to think of that person and reach out to them in that moment and hoping that they're going to like lift you up or give you a, a word of insight that's going to pull you out of whatever space that you're in. For me, I understand that that happens on occasion and I'm definitely willing to help people, but I think sometimes people forget that they're not the only person that's doing that. There are many people and it's happening throughout the week. Please have a respectful awareness that if somebody is in that position where they're working with a lot of people, they're likely a good chance that they are being kind of bombarded with those crisis moments from a lot of people all the time. And if you can take a pause and take a breath and work through it yourself before you just reach out even if it feels like for you, I just need a sentence, I need a word, I just need a minute. There are a lot of people that need that minute. I know if Patty and I don't have that time to decompress and fill our well back up, then we're not going to be in a good position to be available for you when we do have an hour scheduled with each other. And I say that for myself, and I say that for anybody that you're working with, and I also say that for the future healers out there who are starting their practices and opening up the doors for working with clients is to be aware of the importance of that boundary and to respect it with the people that you're working with. And it goes both ways. When we sit down and have a reading, it's an intimate connection between you and I and, and I and you. When I first started doing this, it's almost like I felt like all of my clients were my children and I thought about them all night and I wouldn't sleep trying to come up with solutions or ideas and, and ways to help them. And I realized that it was really draining and I could not take on everybody's things. And I could not be responsible for everybody else's happiness. Who are we to judge who's issue is more important than someone else's. But at the same time, if that's happening all day long, Jude and I, or any psychic is not having a life outside of their work. When we see clients, we are holding space. We are preparing ourselves. We're calling in your guide system. We're calling in our guide system. We're matching frequencies. We're doing this huge preparation to prepare and to be able to do the best job for our clients. And then when you leave, we are recovering, we are clearing the space, we are resetting, we're clearing all the energy out from the day to go home and actually be a parent or a spouse. You know, we can't carry everything around with people. And so to be respectful of that and understand that is really important. And boundaries are so hard. And it's my responsibility to let my clients know what those boundaries are. But it's so hard because we love you and we care about it. So if you can keep that in mind, when you have a guru, a teacher, a psychic, a therapist, 
to respect that there are working times and there are non-working times in your life and it's the same in theirs. Yeah, it's very difficult to set a boundary, especially I know from my end in the sessions, as you said, we get into this very intimate space. And for the receiving end, I think it can be very comforting to be seen in that way. And when somebody experiences that, I think they get this feeling like we're very intimately close and now we're kind of best friends or they want to be best friends. And in a way, in that moment, in that hour, I love you unconditionally and I want the best for you. But when that door closes and I have to go back to being a mom and doing the things in my life, it's like, I can't stretch myself that thin to be best friends with everybody in every moment. It's just intense. So because there is this space of unconditional love and non-judgment for people as we're helping them navigate the issues in their life, it's very difficult for us to have to articulate to people the need of that boundary. And we all have our family and our friends that we have to be there in that way for them. And so to do that for clients is really difficult. We can't just turn it on like that. You know what I mean? Like we can't just be caught off guard to just turn on everything and feel like we're getting um, the most high vibrational guidance in that moment. You know, I say like, well, if you're going to ask me that you're going to get Jude's opinion, you're going to get Jude's point of view. You're not going to get it from spirit and you're not going to get it from a higher place. And sometimes, you know, I've not, (laughs) I don't have the most elevated idea of what you should do. So just, you know, just know that too. Yeah. Jude and I don't even do that with one another. We schedule readings with each other. Yeah. And it will happen like weeks ahead of time. We'll be like, hey, it's probably that time we should check in and and we schedule it. Like we definitely don't bombard each other with, hey, can you look at this right now? Or what do you feel around this? Yeah. And um, we pay we pay one another or do a trade. You know, we yeah. respect that energy exchange. A hundred percent. Patty and I definitely do. We always make sure it's even Stevens. We're saying this not only to share our own experience, but for those of you out there who are taking on clients, and we're also just saying like, hey, we know what it's like, and it's tough, and if we can put a message out there to people who are working with healers and therapists to just try to be a little more mindful and respectful of what that takes from them in their personal space when you throw in that little extra. And also for you empathic people, you know, imposing boundaries sucks, but it's an act of self-love and you try to get a hold of your psychic and they say, wow, you should really schedule a reading. Try not to be angry. Try to understand that they're trying to take care of themselves and practice self-care and self-love. Right. And you know, I know I feel bad sometimes having to say that because I don't want somebody to think that I'm not willing to help unless you pay me. But it's like, There's so much going on in my life in order for me to be available and sustain my living. I have to charge you for my time, unfortunately. In a perfect world, maybe we wouldn't have to, but we still so very much appreciate connecting with all of you. And we don't want any of you to ever feel like you're overstepping your boundary by wanting to have a session with us or maybe wanting to do it more often than we suggest. But Even if you're trying to grab at us for just a quick 10-minute check-in of some sort, know that so is everybody else, and we can get easily overwhelmed by that. Before we end, I have another Buddhist quote, a quote from the Buddha that I would like to share. It is, do not believe in anything simply because you have heard it. Do not believe in anything simply because it is spoken and rumored by many. Do not believe in anything simply because it is found written in your religious books. 
Do not believe in anything merely on the authority of your teachers and elders. Do not believe in traditions because they have been handed down for many generations. But after observation and analysis, when you find that anything agrees with reason and is conducive to the good and benefit of one and all, then accept it and live up to it. Bravo. You're here. Yeah. Thank you all for joining us for this episode. And my wish is that you find the perfect mentor, teacher, guru, guide, spiritual community, whatever it is that you are seeking. I just hope that you find it. And I wish you luck and wisdom with that. So thank you everyone. Once again, don't forget some classes are on their way and to check in with our Spirit Speakers Podcast Instagram or spiritspeakerspodcast.com. Until next time, aloha. Take care.